couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. Hey, welcome back to Wheel of Randy number one randy newman podcast in the world whether you're a randy super fan are new to his work or just know the hits we hope this is a place where you can come and learn a little bit more about the man himself my name's dan wade and i'm your host wheel of randy is a part of the good trash media podcast network and is brought to you by wade engineering Wait, that's my last name. That's weird. Let's start the show. It's Wheel of Randy. Folks, we've got Dalton Stewart here. Dalton is, uh, every week I say that I'm part of the Good Trash Media Network, and, and, and Dalton is is Mr. Good Trash. I guess, what, are you my boss? Is that the way we, we put it? Uh, Alex and Heath uh, called me corporate one time when I was on the praise down, I guess. So I guess... No, no, not at all, but uh, yeah, hello. Yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't go as far as say I'm Mr. Good Trash. There's also uh, Dustin and Arthur, of course, um, and really, let's be honest, it's Arthur. Arthur's the one that makes this uh, engine uh, run. I'm just the face. I think they're riding your coattails, man. <laughs> well, that's very, very sweet of you to say, Dan. Good Trash, and, and, and the, the flagship show is, what do you call it, Genre Cast? Yeah, the Good Trash Genre Cast, which I, we uh, just crossed our eighth anniversary. It's, this is an institution. You've got, what, 300-some-odd episodes? Yeah, we're creeping up on four, I think. I think we'll hit four early next year. That sounds about right. I'm in, what, 15, 16? I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, buddy, tell me about it. Uh, you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend there haven't been at least once or twice where we had to touch base with each other and go, we're good. We're still having fun, right? Uh, and you know, the, you know, the, the crew has rotated out on the genre cast over the years because yeah, it's, it is weirdly, uh, exhausting making stuff for the damn internet, but you know what? It's fun. At what point do you stop checking the metrics? I'm like, Oh, today, <sighs> Ten fewer listeners than last week's episode. Around year two, probably. Uh, then back at it really hard around year like four or five ish, uh, when we were trying to do when well when it became a, a media network, uh, and we were trying to do a bunch of shows at once. That, then we were checking those real hard, and uh, that became very difficult to do for five adults with full time jobs. So then we kind of pared down, and now no, God, not at all. The only metrics that get checked are the Patreon, and that's more to see who needs to be sent a coffee mug. Uh, so describe genre cast to, to, to my audience. Oh, my gosh. I would be happy to. And, Dan, that's really the real ploy here is I want these Randy heads to, to come listen to, to the genre cast. But I, I think we have something to offer for them. Uh, unlike uh, Wheel of Randy, I will disclaimer real quick. Say we're not on Spotify yet, but we are on Stitcher Radio uh, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we gotta we gotta change some hosting stuff around before we get on yeah. Spotify. Yeah, but, I didn't know that they were gonna give all my Spotify money to Joe Rogan when I signed on, but uh, whatever. I'm hoping they can earmark mine to go to the uh, the last podcast guys, so I can feel like a little bit better about it. But you're right; it's probably Rogan money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, so over on the genre cast, we've been doing for 
gosh, a long time now. Uh, we we take films uh, that are definitely in the the realm of genre cinema or cult following cinema, uh, B movies, stuff like that. Uh, things that people get excited about, uh, both uh, you know, fair that is you know heralded and lauded like Die Hard, and, and things a little bit more off the beaten path like. Uh, uh, Red Riding Hood from 2011, or uh, The Saint, uh, or Swim Fan. But, you know, then we'll also do The Prestige, Bring It On, stuff like that. Um, and we try to look at all of those movies the way you would uh, discuss a quote-unquote big or important or serious film in a film studies class, because that's uh, how Arthur and Dustin and I met. Uh, I took a film elective. They were both getting uh, their master's degree in film, uh, at film analysis, and uh, we hit it off and started becoming friends we uh, did the podcast as kind of part of uh, the school we were going to at the time uh, then we all got done with school and decided to keep doing it so that's why we kind of take that lens uh, to those sorts of movies uh, but you know we have fun it's there's laughs there's goofs and jokes it's a fun show but I can tell you I'll take it seriously um, I remember the uh, the singing in the rain episode uh, which I've dissected that movie you know my whole life this is the first time that that I heard a discussion on singing in the rain that talked about racial privilege that talked about the, the homosexual undertones of the movie, just things I never would have thought of that I'm people that are, are more serious about film than me. You know, you know, would yeah. Out. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that that resonated with you uh, and that, you know, didn't throw you off. I, I once had my sister-in-law uh, tell me she was surprised when we were talking about Gone Girl that I, I ended up saying something and uh, like uh, I, this just goes to show you that we need a national conversation on race in this country. Uh, that was many years ago now, uh, but uh, yeah, look, I say uh, stuff like that, and if that rubs you the wrong way, I, I'm sorry. But uh, you know, we do try to look at film that seriously, and again, I'm glad glad didn't rub you the wrong way or anything. Uh, but yeah, we film is especially over the last couple of years with. Uh, a lot of the the stuff going on in Hollywood that has you know always been part of that industry that's you know coming to light in a way it hasn't really before. Um, I, I think you got to talk about movies in that context because if you're not talking about the full context of cinema, you're missing part of the conversation because they're the only reason they're worth talking about is because of the conversations we have with each other, right? And uh, we like to talk about the craft, of course, you know, the production history. But we also like to talk about the historical and social context of, of the film, uh, you know, both uh, as it played originally, as it plays today. Um, so, yeah, I think, thank you. I do I appreciate you, you saying that, Dan. I, I want to emphasize to my audience, you know, y'all are not taking yourselves too seriously. No, again, there's goofs and spoofs and jokes. Uh, Arthur and Dustin dunk on me a whole, whole lot, which uh, is something that I need and cherish in my friends. Uh, I think that's terribly unfair. <laughs> Uh, we have a good time, though. Uh, you're absolutely right. We try to take ourselves too seriously. Uh, you know, each the middle of each episode, we try to build a class around the movie we watched. And, you know, sometimes we, we pitch kind of serious classes, but also that's that's a section where we, we have a lot of fun. You know, we talk about things that we're, 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 we've been watching or reading that kind of connect with what we're talking about. And again, yeah, we try to have as much fun with it as possible and tickle each other a little bit because we do want it to be a little bit like those, those conversations you used to have out in the lobby back when we went to the movie houses. Yeah. Okay. So sneak preview, what's coming up in October? Oh, well, what's coming up in October is uh shocked over nine uh, every, every October. And sometimes uh, bleeding into September, uh, we do a, a horror movie marathon. We uh, 
all like horror quite a great deal. Um, Dustin more than Arthur and I uh, when we started, but uh, I think Arthur and I have come to uh, really embrace it uh, in a way we had before when we started the show. Uh, but, you know, we try to limit ourselves to that span of, of time just because we know we'd pick horror movies all the time if we didn't. And occasionally we'll we get some kind of horror adjacent during the rest of the year. But, yeah, every October we, tr- we try to uh, uh, really blow it out uh, and try to kind of stick with a the theme, especially since we've been doing it for this long. Uh, and since I am turning 30 uh, in October, uh, Dustin and Arthur have uh, let me program. So coming up next, we've got uh, the with the stipulation that everything has to be Uh, at least 30 years old. Uh, So coming up, uh, we've got Day of the Dead, uh, George Romero's film. We talked about Dawn of the the Dead last year. Uh, So I thought it would be really fun to go ahead and and close that out. Uh, We're also going to be talking about uh, Haosu, the uh, the very famous Japanese horror film. Uh, What else we got? Uh, I'm I'm responsible for this, I should know. Dead Ringers, the the Cronenberg flick uh, with uh, Jeremy Irons playing uh, two twins that are spooky and weird. Uh, and then we are going to be closing out with Gremlins 2, uh, Joe Dante's truly unhinged, uh, madcap, uh, buck wild, uh, Deadpool before anybody knew you could break the fourth wall in a Hollywood movie. Uh, it's truly insane stuff. So that's, that's going to be October. That's, that's what we have coming up uh, on the show and come in the coming weeks over uh, the spooky season. Looking forward to that. Well, October here at Wheel of Man- Wheel of Mandy. Yeah, it's a Mandy Patinkin podcast. <laughs> Ooh, now that's that's a show. October at Wheel of Randy is Pixar month, and you're kicking us off today. Whoa, well, yeah, I mean, Randy, obviously very famous for the work he's done with Pixar, right? Uh, I was, I'm very excited to help kick this off. I, I didn't know about this when I asked you, uh, hey, can, can I come talk about stuff? Well, you know, I was going to make you talk about Cars 4, if you haven't this stuff. <laughs> All right, so kick off Pixar Month for us. What, what song are we talking today? Well, uh, on your first episode, uh, Alex brought the deep cut, uh, I Won't Go Sailing Again. Or Oh, did I get the title no of that one wrong? No More, that's right. Uh, no More. Uh, Al- Alex being the cool guy. Do what? Alex is such a snob, by the way. Oh, I love that about him, though. I love his deep cuts. Uh, Love that about him. Uh, But I'm going to be a basic, and I am going to be talking, we're going to be talking about You've Got a Friend in Me, the, uh, I guess, pseudo theme song uh, of the Toy Toy Story franchise. Yeah, this is is an iconic song. It's, uh, this, this, this one made him a little money. Uh, Yeah, I bet. Uh, Probably built a deck, at least, right? (laughs) And so, you know, this is, uh, I almost feel silly asking my audience to pause and listen to this because um, I'm sure they got it in their head, but give it a fresh listen, everybody. You've got a friend of me from, do we call it Toy Story 1? Do we call it just Toy Story? I think we just call it Toy Story. Oh, like like Pope Francis. He's not Francis the first. It's (laughs) Toy Story. All right. See, I'll listen to that and we will be right back. Countdown races sing this song. Do da do da. Okay, so let first of all let's talk about Toy Story. You said that you're turning thirty, so um, doing my math. So I'm like four and a half. Okay, when this so, comes out. Yeah. So you're. I imagine you were little in the theater. Dan, it. I was in fact little in the theater. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I was right there. I, I, I that was it was so fun to listen to Alex talk about it because he's you know just a tiny bit younger than me, but my experience is very similar to his. I remember it being big. Uh, I would wasn't the first movie I saw in theaters, but it's it's one of the ones that I like. The first ones that I have like really con starting to form concrete memories of actually like bits of how I felt. I guess just uh, looking looking back on this, um, normally when I see you know older three D animation. I kind of roll my eyes. It's got that money for nothing, Max Headroom look to it. <laughs> uh, but but this is, uh, and you can tell the technology is not there, but still it holds up. Visually. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing because uh, I did go ahead. You know, I listened to the song a couple of times this week, uh, but I did go ahead just a little bit before we got on the call, uh, watched the opening uh, of that one and, and of four because I had heard they use the song again, but I hadn't actually seen uh, four. Oh, awesome. uh, so I, I watched uh, the beginning of both of those and just kind of also to kind of look at, at how how the technology has increased. And obviously with four, like right away, you're like, oh, my God, they're doing so much with the lighting. This is wild. Uh, but, yeah, even in one with those limited assets that they had, which, of course, were so re- revolutionary and groundbreaking or whatever, right, uh, back in 95. Yeah, it's still – you're right. There's like a – there's definitely a plasticiness to it, but again, that, that works for the story. And I think it's probably informed why that was the story they told first. Right. Yeah. I, you can tell they're, they're they have very, very limited shots of the humans. Uh, and, and cause they know there's a long way to go there. Uh, so I thought it was a, a clever way to, to, to break into, uh, break into this technology. All right. So we have Randy singing this. Mm-hmm. And the first kind of rave choice that I see Pixar making is that they have Randy's voice here. Yeah, I think it's a great move too, right? Do you know anything, Dan? I'm just curious about like the the original tone. Do you know kind of about like the iterations of Toy Story? Um, no. Okay, I'll try not to go off on too much of a tangent here. Oh, no. But, uh, no, I've got tangents planned. So. Oh, good. Uh, but I, I, th- I think this is relevant, especially because we're kind of talking about what Randy brings to the movie. Mm. So originally, like, Jeffrey Katzenberger is still over at Disney at this time. Uh, when Pixar DreamWorks. This is right. This is like right at the same time, because that's kind of... It, it, he leaves because he wanted Toy Story to be the original movie it was that Pixar kind of pitched, which, and again, I might be getting some of the details wrong here. Um, Film spotting a while back uh, did a a whole episode over the uh, Toy Story franchise last year when the new one came out uh, with my uh, podcasting. uh, I'll guess I'll say, uh, uh, not role models, the wrong word, but uh, an aspirational figure and also my rival uh, Griffin Newman from the very successful Blank Check podcast. Uh, he's, he's something of a, a Pixar uh, aficionado, an expert. And they, they did a great episode with him, um, and I think they got into the history of this a little bit more. So if you want to get all the details, you can go over there. Uh, but Katzenberger uh, wanted this, was like, yeah, let's do, let's do like kind of edgy animation. It's time. Everybody knows the animation tropes. Let's, let's, it's time to get cool, man. Uh, and they started kind of testing that originally. Like Woody was going to be like much more dark. Uh, his actions towards uh, Buzz were going to be like way more nefarious and like. And again, they're pretty dark in the movie we get, but they're like even uh, like more malicious, I guess. In this, like a Tom and Jerry feel to it. Yeah, a little bit more in that vein. Yeah, exactly. Or Speaking honestly, even maybe into some stuff that I've like some storyboards and stuff that I have seen. Uh, honestly, verging into more of a a spy versus spy dynamic 
uh, turning it up uh, even Where is my spy versus volume. spy movie? Truly. Ah, oh, Dan, you're singing my song. Uh, but yeah, so they do end up making this different movie eventually, and Katzenberg goes over DreamWorks, and Sh- Shrek becomes this huge hit, and it is kind of an interesting uh, two sides of the same coin as far as animation goes, because Shrek's in development for years and years before it finally comes out. And so that's all happening around the same time. And you're absolutely right. Like, Ray Indy, in, in his voice, like, captures some of that weird existential dread that, like, remains in this film and I think permeates throughout, like, this entire franchise, right? Like, it's all about the bigness of the universe, uh, the, the unknowability of these, these forces at work, and then just the life of a toy and how similar that is to the life of a child. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, I think Randy, like, just, boom, immediately kind of captures like there is this such a sweetness and again i'm i don't consider myself like a super nostalgic person uh boy howdy when the, those notes start i get the biggest dopamine hit dude uh and then the tuba kicks in come on yeah. uh yeah it's a great song and i yeah i think you're right it's a hugely hugely it's a brave choice uh from from pixar you're right yeah because you know we've had at this point you know, five or six years of the Mencken movies over at Disney. And so uh, they could have, you know, gotten Brian Adams on the phone either to write something or to perform this, but, but they go with, with this, with, with this quirky voice. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it kind of speaks to me to, to, to Woody's humility. Uh, I mean, sometimes Woody isn't the, the, the humblest of, of people, but, but, uh, he knows that he is small in, in, in comparison to, you know, Andy's yeah. distance. Some other folks might be smarter, right? Bigger and stronger too. Uh, it's all I have. It's, it's kind of like the Homer Simpson line. All, all I have to offer you is my undying affection or devotion. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's got a little bit of that, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, a lot of it is, uh, it's really such a simple song. I mean, there, I mean, so many of Randy's songs, there's a, there's a twist or there's some, some, uh, some subtext that if you dig into it. But, you know, this is just, you know, like many, like some of the songs, this is just kind of straightforward, good-natured stuff. Well, and I, I'm curious about how your experience of, of the song is different from mine, right? Because, you know, of course, like with Alex, like this is my first exposure to Randy and I'm, I'm still something of a Randy uh, novice, but like he is so wedged uh, in the back of my brain with this song uh, because of when I see this movie that like I hear a Randy song and I'm, I'm on board. Like I, I trust him. I'm like, all right, dude, uh, take me on the journey. Uh, oh, but you're I'm right. Sure you should trust him. but <laughs> Well, sure. Um, uh, but no. uh, you're right. So many of us, I'm just going to say like so many of his other songs have the, that kind of the twisty quality, either in the, the, the lyrics or the music. And uh, you know, this is pretty straightforward. How, how does this register with you kind of along with his other stuff? Well, uh, for, first of all, a little bit of background. We've got a guest coming up in November uh, named Michael Pelusi, and he interviewed Randy uh, in late nineties, early zeros. And, uh, Randy talked about how how you've got a friend of me was was a commission, and you know he he he's not above you know taking a check and giving people what they want, uh, but he said I've always felt that that this this almost feels like a used car salesman talking to you. 
telling you what you want to hear. Well, and that I think brings up something interesting, right? Because I think there is something dark in the possessiveness, right, of the song. The whole um, destiny thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our friendship yeah. will never die. Yeah, you're stuck with me, baby. It's almost as much of a threat <laughs> as anything else, right? I mean, this this movie is responsible for more hoarders than anything else. Man, that's a thing that I thought about, especially watching uh, the opening of Four. You're so right, man, that there is such a attachment of love to stuff. Yeah, and Three tried Three tried to f fix that some, that there's joy in giving things away. Um, I, I am curious to see how, how Four approaches it because, you know, my, my first impression watching it, you know, in, in the theaters, I'm uh, 22, I'm mm -hmm. engaged. Um, it's like, oh, you know, this is, this is fine, but uh, let, let's not get caught up in the stuff here, guys. Well, and I think that was a thing, you know, I'm 20, right, when the third one comes out. And uh, I've only watched it the one time because it, it hit real hard. I mean, I'm, yeah. uh, me and a bunch of friends who are similarly, you know, like first, second year of college, uh, go to see this movie. And, yeah, it totally does resonate with us because of that. Uh, it, it so much is a film about growing up and uh, putting aside childish things. Yeah. Um, and, again, I think Four ha has the – seems to carry some of those notes forward based on, you know, what, what little of it I watched and what I do know about it. So you're right. I mean, there is kind of a reckoning with that, I think. But, uh, boy, howdy, does it, it read uh, – despite being a, a film pretty much made – uh, by Gen Xers, it does read very boomery because of that, uh, the, the, the importance and uh, sentimentality of stuff. Although I guess Gen Xers are kind of famously collectors in their way. Uh, yeah, we are. There's, there's definitely a, 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 a boomer mentality uh, you know, in, in, in the sense of the things that people are nostalgic for in this, you know, the slinky and the etch-a-sketch and so on. So, well, yeah, I mean, we grew up with that, but it wasn't you know, as much of our identity as, you know, maybe for my older sisters or, or so forth. Um, and then really in Toy Story 2, you really get that boomer mentality because it's almost this love letter to Howdy Doody. Yeah, yeah. Really, that, that's a dark movie. God, that, yeah. uh, that one I, I kind of remember a little bit more clearly. I, I wouldn't saw it with my, uh, my grandmother um, and uh, her, her final husband, who was a, a real swell guy. Uh, but, uh, man, just, just me, my sister, and them, and the whole drive home, I remember just being pretty bereft <laughs> because it's, it's heavy-duty stuff going on in that one. Yeah, there's lots going on there. Now, you asked my first impression? Sure. When I heard this song, I turned to my fiancé and said, uh, isn't this the song from Parenthood? <laughs> Wait. Okay, so I... Okay. All right, pause. I'm going to share my screen. Do you know the song I'm talking about from Parenthood? No, I, I was about to say, it's okay, not surprising to me that he did music for Parenthood all right. uh, this, at all. This, this is a song called I Love to See You Smile from the movie Parenthood. Okay. Folks at home, you know, take a listen. We'll be right back. But uh, yeah, you're not going to believe this. I'm pumped. Wow. Okay, we're back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's King stuff right there. Uh, <laughs> I respect Master. Wow, I, I love a little bit of self-plagiarism. That's incredible. I don't know how I didn't know about this. That, thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, this same piano parts mostly. 
tempo's a little different. I was like, he's not going to have the horns again, though, right? And then right. the tuba kicks in. And the tuba kicks in. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Damn, Randy. I mean, I've you're, written a you're, lot of you're a real one for this. I've, uh, I've written a lot of technical reports that are what we call in the business Control-V reports. <laughs> Just change the city's name and put a new cover on it. But, I know uh, a thing or two about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's it's really pretty shameful. <laughs> it's truly incredible stuff. You're right, and it's you, there is enough of an overlap, right, in audience from Parenthood to Toy Story. <laughs> it's like it's not like those are two entirely separate bubbles. Like I know Parenthood's a little bit more uh, uh, mature in its its explorations of family, but uh, man, <laughs> I, I love it. That's incredible. That's uh, I'm. I'm back to singing in the rain. Uh, do you know the story of make him laugh from singing in the rain? Yeah, yeah. Dustin uh, got into that uh, that history a lot uh, on that episode. Kind of the the outright theft. Uh, he got into a little bit, I guess I should say. And I think it on Spooled uh, when they covered it. Yeah, they really go deep into like the earlier versions of that song. Uh, just you know, fully the same music, basically the same lyrics. Yeah, and yeah. So, and so you know, Cole Porter was. Yes, but he was, yeah. he was under contract, so he couldn't do anything about it. Oh, oh, Hollywood, you fickle, fickle beast. All right. Now, I, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to, to You've Got a Friend in a minute, but it, it's time for, for my side note, because I am going to tap into your film expertise. Uh-oh. And we're going to play a little game called the Hindsight Awards. Okay, okay. I'm going to go through all of the Oscar nominations that Randy lost. And we're going to okay. see should he have won or should he have not. All right. And I've, I assume you're going to tell me what, what beat him? Well, here, here's the deal. After all, I want you to guess when he finally won. Okay. All right. But, you know, for a while, you know, obviously I'm not. We're going to start in 1981, best original score for Ragtime. And he okay. lost to Vangelis, Chariots of Fire. I mean... Thumbs up, thumbs down there. I, that Chariots of Fire, the, like, that's pretty iconic, but also nobody uh, has seen that movie. Uh, I defy you to find me 30 people who have seen Chariots of Fire. Uh, I, I, I think or I guarantee you, you, you'll ask some people who don't remember that they've seen Chariots of Fire. <laughs> uh, I barely know about ragtime though so uh, I, I am just gonna have to side on the iconic nature of that that chariots of fire score it's lovely and vangelis gets a pass for blade runner oh that's okay well yeah that's there you go that's yeah. a master at work all right next loss i'm giving it away uh, okay best original song uh a song he wrote for ragtime uh called one more hour yeah not so hot mm. lost to burt baccarat the best you can do, the theme from Arthur. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. that. You give it to Arthur. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a funny movie. And that funny movie needs a good theme song, at least in that period of movie history. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a thumbs up. Right. Sorry, Randy. Okay, loss number three came for the score to The Natural. Okay. Which is, hmm, you should have won this one. Okay. Loss went. Uh, it actually went to Maurice Jarre for A Passage to India. I have never heard of the film A Passage to India. I have... Uh, Not so hot. 
Yeah, not so good stuff. I've obviously heard of The Natural. I uh, have not caught up with it. Uh, I have usually heard of uh, movies. I, this is my favorite thing about going deep into uh, Oscar trivia is all the movies that nobody remembers. Oh, yeah. Uh, there love have it. to be some politics involved in this. There always are. Mm-hmm. Number four is 1989, the song we just heard, I Love to See You Smile. Mm-hmm. One for that. For Parenthood, what's he up against? I guess uh, you can't. Well, yeah, go ahead and. I'll tell you. I'll tell yeah, you. what's he up against? Uh, 1989. He's up against a song called After All. Uh, okay. Kiss, Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid. See mm. from Little Mermaid. Mm. And Marvin Hamlish has a song called The Girl Who Used to Be Me. Little Mermaid's got to take it, that. Yeah, yeah, year, under right? the sea one. He's, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what a, a, a absolute banger. Uh, yeah. All right. His next opportunity, this is number five, is 1990, the score to Avalon. Have you seen Avalon? I have not seen Avalon. I have not either, and all I can think of is the uh, Roxy Music song, Avalon. So I <laughs> couldn't even tell you what this was. But he did not win. Went okay. Don Berry's score for Dances with Wolves. Uh, iconic score that everybody's talking about. Ah, uh, yes. Everybody remembers all three hours of, of the score from Dances with Wolves. Including the, the Buffalo Heart Mambo. Well, that is, uh, that's some track name there, Dan. <laughs> he tries again in 1994. Best original song, Make Up Your Mind from the paper. Again, okay. not so hot a song. Okay. Loses to Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I mean, of course. Uh, I, I could. No I know I could. so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So good. You got to give it up for Sir Elton. All right. Here's where it gets controversial. Uh-huh. You've got a friend in me. Of course. In 95. Does it win? Does it not win? I really hope it does because of the copy-paste nature of the song. I honestly hope he gets it for this one. Does he? He does not. Ah, we'll get, we'll, we'll, what took him controversially. out? Controversially. Okay. Let, let me tell you the other songs. Okay. The other nominees, and then I'll tell you the winner at the end. I'll, get, I'll see if I can guess the winner. Dead Man Walking by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. For Moonlight. the film Dead Man Walking? Yeah. Moonlight okay. by John Williams from Sabrina. The Sabrina okay. remake. Yeah. A song that I hate with a passion, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman by Brian Adams. Do you know this song? I don't. No. It's not, I hate the title. I, uh, oh, oh, oh. Hence the, the face I made. Is, have you ever really, have you ever really, really, really ever loved a woman? Brian. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on, Brian. Write a damn lyric. First, first thing I, 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 I know nothing about songwriting, but I know if you say really three times in your chorus, you're in trouble. Yeah. I, I don't know a thing about it either. Look, I'm not going to be a pretender, but three, come on. Okay. And here's the tragedy. This song yeah. was a smash. This song sold like crazy. Oh, wow. It was the theme to the movie Don Juan DeMarco. Don Juan Johnny DeMarco Depp? Was, yeah. Don Juan okay. DeMarco was a flop. Yeah. A great movie. The That's what song, I've heard. Which sucked. Made millions. All right. Well, then it had to have won, right? No. no. Okay. Winner and notoriously was color of the wind of course oh my god they were on a run with those wins there huh yeah you don't vote against Minka. 
Yeah. But, but this song is so, it's so bad. And Honest yeah. is just, you know, you talk to any indigenous person, they're going to roll their eyes about Pocahontas. I mean, that is kind of, we, we don't need to get into uh, Disney movies. We'd be here all day. But yeah, right. that is kind of the problem anytime they try to, uh, their inclusivity is uh, always wonky uh, yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. Um, although there's some good articles out right now about uh, uh, the original Mulan, uh, some kind of retrospectives on it that uh, have been really good reads lately. You can find one over on Polygon if you want to go find a good read about a time that they did pretty okay. So we are on a losing streak here. We are. Randy, where's it coming, buddy? All right. Where's the magic? Still in 1995. Okay. Uh, original score, again, for Toy Story. Toy Story. Loses to Pocahontas. Oh, wow. So here comes 96. Everyone's okay. obviously feeling sorry for Randy at this point. Of course. And Mankin's kind of on the, Disney's on the decline. Moment, right? Whatever Nicole puts out next year, she's going to win because she kept, you know, of course, 96, he does the score for James and the Giant Peach. Good. Underrated movie. Underrated movie. Uh, A movie that has probably the only agnostic (laughs) song in a children's movie. (laughs) But uh, you think he's got a winner with James and the Giant Peach? I mean, based off the Toy Story uh, and kind of the uh, almost indie uh, being the wrong word, but first word that comes to mind, that sort of uh, bent that James and the Giant Peach has. Let's say, I'm going to say yes. Do they give him, do they give him the uh, it, it Should Have Been You Award? No. Dang. It goes to the score for Emma. With, uh, oh, gosh, With, who's in that? Uh, the Goop Girl, what's her name? Yeah, yeah, Paltrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Emma. Okay, oh, man. Memorable score. Yeah. I don't know that anybody remembers that adaptation of Emma. The, the, this, this. I could score. be wrong, because it could be well-beloved. Don't listen to me just because I got beef with old GP. <laughs> the, the, this, this segment of the show is lasting longer than I thought. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, so 98, he tries again. Best original score for Pleasantville. Mm, man, Pleasantville score is good. That's got to be it. That's the, is that the one? It's got to be it, right? You're right. No, it goes to <laughs> Life is Beautiful. Uh, well, that's, and that makes sense. That was the year that Life is Beautiful just ruined everybody's yeah. good time. Yeah. Again, I don't think anyone ever saw it, but. Yeah, they loved showing that in high schools. Uh, in oh, really? The, in, the, in the zeros, as you call them, which I love. Uh, yeah, better, better movies uh, about that time to be shown, probably. I don't know. Well, that's all right. That was his entry for original dramatic score. He also had one an original musical or comedy score with the score for A Bug's Life. No, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I've I've been too I've been too in love I've been too wanting it for him. This is there's no way he gets it on Bugs Life, right? Okay, yeah, no, nobody remembers Bugs Life. The score for Shakespeare in Love, of course, '99, big year for uh, Shakespeare in Love, big year for Gwyneth Paltrow again. Whatever. Yeah. All right, he's nominated a third time this year, third time in '98. This for best original song, that'll do from Babe Pig in the City. Which is a lovely song, by the way. That may, I didn't know that. I, I think I might have known that at some point, but forgotten it. Do you know if he did the music for uh, the first babe? He did not. He didn't? Okay. 
I'm I'm thinking no. They didn't have the I, budget for him in the first one. Yeah, well, and Babe too, uh, famously is kind of a weird budget situation <laughs> and a, just a weird movie all the way around. Uh, he doesn't get it. There's no way that movie's no, too. No, 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 no. Because it goes yeah, they, to When You Believe from Prince of Egypt. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Which you know, not so great a song, but you've got Whitney and Whitney and Mariah doing a duet. Come I on. mean, come on, yeah. All right, well, surely he wins in '99. What's he got? Best original song, Toy Story 2, When She Loved Me. I mean, right? Joan just absolutely smashes that, too. It's, ah. He doesn't get it, does he? And the winner is Phil Collins, You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan. You gotta be crapping. Dan, there's no. (sighs) It's almost like the Disney machine is like, we're going to make sure 2D keeps winning the awards. I mean, it certainly seems to be the case. Wow. I, see, this, is, this definitely does speak to a, a weird time period in animation and in film music, for sure. Yeah, Pixar's almost like the bad boy here. They're, they're still ascendant. They have not overtaken uh, the, uh, the traditional uh, animation studios over there yet. Well, he tries again in 2000. This is Nomination number 13. He had a song from Meet the Parents called Fool in Love. There's no way. No. Not from Meet the Parents, yeah. No, because among the nominees that year was Bob Dylan. He had a song on Wonder Boys called Oh, Things yeah. Changed. And okay. we're going to make Bob Dylan win, just like the Nobel Committee gave it to Dylan. Because, like, maybe we can meet Dylan if we give Hey, him man, a- I'm not coming to your show. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> so... At this point, Randy has said that the the, uh, the nominees luncheon has a Randy Newman chicken on the menu. <laughs> I love him. Here comes nominee number 14. Okay. Original score to Monsters Incorporated, which we'll discuss next week with Michael Benjur. Oh, excellent. Score. There's no way. No, no. It goes to the score to Lord of the Rings. Okay, I mean, well, that's that's the first loss in a while. We've been doing this rundown. That's the first loss in a while. I've been like, okay, that's a good that's a good score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some hitters on there. Yeah, number fifteen that same year in two thousand one, best original song from Monsters Inc. If I didn't have you, performed by John Goodman and Billy Crystal. I forgot there's a musical number in Monsters Inc. It at the end credits. Yeah, there's no way. Yes, for this he wins. Randy and. When he, he beats Paul McCartney, who has Get him. performed Vanilla Sky in a standing off stage. Uh, Get to see Paul McCartney with his shit-eating grin. Yeah, Randy, you smashed that limey scumbag. Uh, get him. Get him, Randy. You, you've got to, to uh, look at the speech, because he begins the speech by grabbing the microphone and saying, I don't want your pity. <laughs> oh, my God. He's an absolute legend. Uh, who does that? Who does that? Uh, somebody who knows exactly who they are. That's who. It's like, well, it's not like the checks bounced on the first 14. <laughs> I don't want another one. Don't make me come to this again. Four hours long. Every time. Uh, so... I bring all this up because, you know, I'm not a film guy, but I don't understand awards. They're and dumb. I don't understand the politics behind that, and I look at some of these choices, and I'm like, what, what, what's going on? 
I spent the 2010s really trying to give a crap uh, about... That was me in the 90s, yeah. Gotcha. Well, and, you know, the 2010s is when we started doing Good Trash, right? So because it became such a big part of my my, my life, um, I, I, I still try to stay up on movie news for pretty hard. But I was like, well, I should stay up on, you know, award season. Man, I don't care anymore. Uh, it was really after the, uh, the Mad Max losses to Revenant. And again, Mad Max was no slouch for itself uh, in 2015. Uh, but man, what a, what a motion picture. Uh, and uh, I was just like, I don't, I don't care anymore. I can't deal with this. I think when, when our oldest turned like seven or eight, uh, Suzanne and I were watching the show and we turned to each other and said, we haven't seen any of these. It is a, uh, a slog to watch every nomination, truly. Uh, every nominated film, I should say. Even, even if they're all like pretty solid. Because there have been some years, I guess, over the last decade or so where well, no, I take that back. As soon as I started thinking, I could think of a dud from just about every year. So, much. I mean, there you have it. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't keep up with them either. Um, but uh, it was very fun to play that with you. I was happy to be your, your resident knower of film. You know, I, it, it's the kind of thing, you know, as, as a creative person, I, I, don't, I don't think Randy cared about winning this. But there's at got, the same no time, way. it's... You know, to 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 win on the fifteenth try is is uh, I that's his personality to a T. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does kind of fit this this downtrodden uh, like I'm gonna get mine someday. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it, it doesn't make sense for the Randy Newman career arc for him to win any time other than the fifteenth try. Right. And, you know, I really think he would have won for You've Got a Friend of Me if Parenthood had never gotten greenlit. I guarantee you. that song in the vault. Yeah, I bet you are not the only person who in 95 was like, he already used this. <laughs> it cost him some votes for sure. Yeah. But again, he should have gotten it. You're absolutely right. Because it is, you know, uh, maybe it was just the, all, all that music needed was a change of lyrics. But... Uh, it's got sweetness. It's it's a little saccharine, but it's also got some weird, dark vibes in it. Uh, good song, Randy. Great song. Here comes the wheel. <laughs> Woo! Woo! It's being dragged out. Oh, it's do, so heavy. Do you want me to do the do do the do the spin? Yes, I do want you to spin the wheel. All right, here we go. Let, let me let me get it up on the screen. So you can see for yourself. What oh, okay. folks, you can play the home game. If you go to my pinned tweet at Wheel of Randy, you'll be able to see that. All right. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Stop. I was really letting it go through. All right. Okay. My life is good. All right. This is a song that, that uh, we covered in episode four or five, J. Elvis Weinstein. This was his pick. Okay. Well, but, so should we spin again? No, no, no. If you okay. don't know this one, you're in for, for a treat. I so, don't. Folks, go listen to My Life is Good off the album Trouble in Paradise, and we will be right back. Very excited. I'm going to get the lyrics pulled up my phone real quick so no, I can... don't pull the lyrics up let it right. surprise you let it wash over pull me okay after. all right 
Bet my money on a bobtown rag all the yeah. day. And we're back. Holy crap. What? Holy crap. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad it took us a second to come back uh, because I, I was speechless for a moment and then all I could muster was holy crap. Wow, what a track. That's Randy doing like a, uh, uh, that's Randy doing a hip hop song. It's a, it's a, it's a brag rap. Uh, that's a what? I didn't know Randy had that in him. That's insane. I love that song. This is, this is, uh, God, this is such a funny song. I'm, I, I, it's so funny. I did not expect uh, the boss to show up, obviously. Oh, but that's no. not even like, uh, th- that's so deep in the song. There's so many hits before that. Normally, I, I do this show audio only, but I'm, I'm glad I've, I've got the, the video up so I could see your face when you grab I was having an amazing time, Dan. There, there's, there's such a joy in watching someone hear something for the first time. Truly. I mean, this is how I feel about uh, my wife's not much of a movie person except for uh, that's not true. She has uh, some picks in her belt, but there's a lot of stuff that she hasn't seen. And there's a lot of stuff I love showing her. Yeah, it's, it's just great to show people stuff, man. Uh, so I'm glad you got to watch me because, yeah, that song uh, is full of surprises. So this song uh, came out in uh, 1983. This is okay. the same, same album that had I Love L.A. on it. So that gives you a feel for what, what he's doing here. And, but, you know, it, you know we, we talk about him rolling his eyes at Hollywood and you know this this ties in really nicely with this that he's although it although he refers to himself here and, and you know makes this kind of this mock autobiographical thing here he's he you know he's pointing fingers at at, at Hollywood and at at you know the the, the egos and the yeah he knows how people live uh, in those towns yeah um, and I don't know if you, you picked up on this, but the entire time he's talking to this poor teacher. Yes, I did pick up on that. Yeah, it wasn't until the second verse that it was all that I realized, like, oh, this he's still talking to the teacher. Yes. Oh my God. This is the song I think of any time I've got a, a, a teacher friend who's doing parent-teacher conference. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you you say just the slightest thing wrong with your kid you could end up with a my life is good thing man i uh i don't know what's going on these days uh and i hate to be uh back in my day about it but boy howdy uh i I sure do remember parents uh hating their children and always being on the side of teachers (laughs) a brief window of history uh at least a lot of the folks that i knew (laughs) uh yeah i can only imagine uh more power to you teachers uh i'm sure uh, Randy Newman's uh, the, the fictional teacher of this song is not the first teacher to have to listen to a parent talk about how great everything is for them. <laughs> right. I I love the uh, I love the reference that that uh, that uh, his maid is the one who's writing. <laughs> who's writing the song? That was the moment where I was like, I I, I wrote Randy. <laughs> uh, that synth. Uh, just i mean again there's so many like again you're right lyrically it's so funny and there's so many like good jokes in there but like musically it just kept like doing new stuff uh really really fantastically yeah it, it starts off with a real gentle piano and mm-hmm. I, even before we get to the sax it's just building and building as his as his madness becomes more and more apparent yeah you get these bass lines and then the synthesizer and there's a guitar solo towards the end yeah it does just kind of become this uh this bloated uh song of uh, of somebody who's allowed to do whatever they want sort of musically 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It does fit with the whole kind of like ego trip thing that he's doing with the uh, lyrically. Um, if you get a chance, go back and listen to J.L. the Swinestein's uh, episode. It's like episode five or six. I absolutely will. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, Josh has been in, in Hollywood for 30 years. He's yeah. seen the ins and outs of it. So he, he, he knows the belly on this. Um, but man, I'm glad that we all landed on that. That was a real treat to see you listen to that. That was incredible. I, uh, I, I knew I had to, I didn't know why I was waiting to say stop, but I knew there was a reason. There was a reason. Next up, we have this week's cover. This week's cover. And this is when I profile a, a, a Randy cover. Uh, Dalton, you and I went back and forth as to whether you had one. That, that, no, that... I'm ready for your suggestion. Yeah, I wanted to go ahead and let you take me by the hand for this one. Well, the, 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 one that, um, the one that's really been sticking with me a lot lately uh, is a cover by Aaron Neville of uh, Randy's song, Louisiana, 1927. Okay. Um, and, you know, Aaron, Randy's kind of 80% L.A., 20% New Orleans, mm-hmm. but you know, the Neville brothers are 100% New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Aaron does this version of, of Louisiana um, that's just heartbreaking. Just, just talking about you know, floods, just mm. wiping people away, and mm. government doesn't care. Um, and it's, it's a, a, a theme we see over and over and over. Um, and so uh, that is the one that I'll recommend for everybody, and we'll have a link to that. Uh, on our Twitter page, Wheel of Randy. So Aaron Neville's uh, studio version of Louisiana. And Aaron will sing this at just about every every concert that he does, and especially the locals. Oh, we sure. Respond to it, because they're not, yeah, they are trying to wash us away. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's our recommendation. That's about it, man. Thank you I'm so looking, much. Oh, thank you so much. Dalton, how can people get hold of you? Oh, gosh, I don't know that you would want to. Um, oh, I'm sure that people are, are very angry at you and want to correct you about uh, what yeah, the, you said about you've got a friend in me. Yeah, the DMs are open. Um, I'm on Twitter at doll underscore stew. I, I can't recommend you follow me. I do do a little bit too much doom scrolling, and it bleeds into my posts sometimes. <laughs> but I'm on there if you want to find me. DMs are open. Uh, if you really want to hang out with me, uh, Find me over on the Praise Down Discord. If you go to the Praise Downs, uh, their, their Twitter page, which I think is just at the Praise Down, uh, their pin tweets uh, an invitation to their Discord server. Come hang out, play video games with me. We have a great time over there. It is a very welcoming committee uh, community. Uh, I absolutely, absolutely. My, um, my son walked past the other day and said, "What are you doing on Discord?" <laughs> <laughs> right, he didn't know you knew about it. Yeah, it's like, well, time for me to find a new platform. <laughs> uh, where else? I guess you could, uh, of course, please uh, do check out the Good Trash Genre cast if Dan and I's conversation at the top of the show, like, piqued your interest. Uh, yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're going to try to be on uh, Spotify soon. Uh, you can also, if you want to listen on the web, you can just go to our, our Podbean page uh, or our website. Uh, if you want to, I don't know, help us maybe buy Dan a mic at some point, we're on <laughs> Patreon. 
patreon.com forward slash GTM. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of like merch or anything. Uh, we will send you a coffee cup. Uh, we'll help, you know, pick you out, pick out a Blu-ray for you based on your tastes or DVD, your call. Uh, and then we've got this show that uh, Arthur and Dustin and I do. Uh, it's just a, an actual play podcast of uh, the Tabletop Monster of the Week. So if you give us enough money, you can listen to us play that. Uh, but, you know, there's better places, you know, that you can spend your money right now. Uh, times are tight. Don't worry about it. That's just kind of if you're interested. Well, if you all ever need a, a, a guest, I'd be happy to, to come on, especially if there's something Randy involved. I'll... Well, and that was such a funny thing and a big part of why I hit you up. We did Michael recently, the yeah. Noah Ephron film, and I did not realize, I don't think any of us knew until we started the film, Music by Randy Newman. I was like, what? Oh, we should have had Dan on. Uh, We're one of his apprentices. Come on. Let's... Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, but I will definitely, uh, I think we're going to try to keep an eye out. Uh, we did a Praise Down disc, uh, Praise Down crossover episode a while back where we did uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Nice. Uh, that was an incredible time. Great episode. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to keep an eye out for uh, a Randy score uh, coming down the pipe at us. Good deal. All right. Thanks for coming, Dalton. Thank you so much, Dan. It was a great time. Well, that's it for another week here at Wheel of Randy. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network. Thanks to Matt Fraley for our theme song. You can find Matt's music at moternmedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. Best way to reach Brian is on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. The background music we're listening to right now is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids. And I'm using it because it's public domain. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. That's me. That's what I do during the day. I am a water and sewer engineer. I'm registered in Oklahoma and Texas. I'll register in your state if you ask nicely enough. Most of what I do is small town water and sewer engineering, but I specialize in hydraulic modeling. I build computer models for water systems, and that can help you plan your water systems more efficiently, and it can also help you with your homeowner's insurance. If you're a city official, you need a water model. Wade Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634, and we would be happy to talk to you. We'll see you next week. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.